Foxley is all about helping people to feel confident in dealing with difficult customers, build trust, and strong relationships. In this podcast, we talk to talented people to share insights and tips on how they do it. Welcome to Thinking Outside the Fox. Today, I have great pleasure in welcoming Maria Soroka to the podcast. Uh, She's a seasoned entrepreneur. She's a business leader, a trained psychologist and coach with over 20 years of experience in marketing and consumer strategy. Before starting her own consultancy practice, Maria led consumer insights and market research practices in big corporates. And now she manages Fastuna.com, an agile consumer testing platform that helps clients get rapid consumer feedback in no time. With her wealth of experience, Maria is dedicated to helping clients get ahead by putting consumer feedback at the center of their business. She's passionate about creating prosperous businesses through human-centric strategies and heartfelt leadership. She believes that the key to success lies in truly understanding people and being responsive to customer needs. Given that the topic of this series of the podcast is understanding, I thought it's just a wonderful opportunity to talk about your insights of, of understanding. Welcome to the podcast, Maria. Thank you very much for the introduction. Yeah. Hello, everyone. So, Maria, tell me, you're a market researcher. Well, Chris, um, yeah, let's put it straight. Um, Market research is boring, right? (laughs) Tell me more. Tell me more. Why is market research boring? (laughs) Yeah, it's an unusual start, I suppose. Um, Well, can we start with reframe in market research please um is just give it another name um and i think i will go for human understanding is probably the closest how i feel about what i'm doing and yeah human understanding sounds like right and how does it sound for you chris uh, can you feel the difference between market research and human understanding absolutely absolutely and and i think that's it's a great reframe because because for me human understanding is very much at the heart of where my passions lie in really understanding how people make decisions why people make decisions what's driving those decisions how we can then influence those decisions um to build teams to influence customers to buy products um build strong relationships and so market research feels cold and scientific uh, human (laughs) understanding feels like you're finally getting to the heart of what it is that we're doing is that what you're trying to get to yeah i love i love how you you just reframed it chris yeah I, i really love it yeah exactly because i think that with the word market research and i know we spoke a little bit about it before as well is comes all this pretty heavy stuff that sometimes just pull people people pull people off from actually doing you know market research and from learning from their consumers and customers so mm-hmm. i believe that if we if we really drive this agenda of implementing let's say market research or let's Put it as we said like human understanding into the heart of any business that we kind of probably taking the best out of market research as like you know that has a lot of a lot of knowledge and a lot of a lot of wisdom in it but the way we look at it now is completely different that's how i feel 
Mm -hmm. So tell me, you say it's the way you look at it now is completely different. What's changed or what is changing from where you started your career to where we are now and perhaps where you see things in the next three to five years? Hmm. Yeah, I, I probably I probably start with um, yeah uh, I probably start with uh, accelerating change theory. Have you heard about it, Chris? No, tell me. Um, yeah, well, it is all about that before you know visible changes happened once in a while. Let's say you know even in the in the last century, perhaps in decades, maybe then in months. And now it happens constantly. So we live in a very unpredictable world. So we have to adapt and businesses also have to evolve to be able to meet those evolving changes and demands of their consumers. Mm -hmm. And the good example, we were just talking about GPT chat. And uh, so there is a lot of technological advances that now happens constantly and uh, like gpt chat ai where you can uh, you know generate some ideas and uh, get responses very very fast so it appeared just a month a few months ago and if you haven't adapted it now with your business somehow you're already behind the curve mm -hmm. so um so when change happens system any system including business and business as a system as well so it needs to adapt to new conditions right yeah so this is where psychology coaching skills nlp which is linguistic programming comes in hand so to be able to adapt you need a feedback from your environment and this is a long story short so business needs frequent and i will even say constant feedback from its customers and consumers now uh, so compared uh, to what I saw, I started about 20 or even 25 years ago. So people think about how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> so when I started at the beginning of 2000s, it was completely different landscape. Um, we we worked we worked with big businesses i started in the in the agency that was a market research agency and we helped big businesses and smaller businesses to kind of leverage consumer feedback uh, but the demand for this feedback it was a demand of this feedback yes but the way we uh, we we got this feedback was completely different because you know that's if they came with innovations, maybe one innovation a year. Mm -hmm. um, if it were a commercial program, advertising, one big campaign a year. Um, I don't know how, what, was it the same as like when you started, Chris? Because I know you, yeah. you worked with big businesses as well. Yeah. In Absolutely the same. It was the, it was the focus. What's this year's focus? And it might be a, a new product development or it might be how are we updating the campaign? Absolutely the same. Very much uh, almost a cycle, a yearly cycle of what's this year's big, big thing. So, yeah, I see the same thing. And you're saying today you don't see that at all different. Yeah. So, so yeah. So that basically the tools they that, that were in 2000s, they met the demand of 
businesses into thousands. So, and now we can see as I, like I started with this accelerated change theory, and it's not a theory anymore. It's we are living in this within this accelerating change. And I know that a lot of your uh, podcast listeners they they either own businesses or they lead big businesses or small businesses. Mm-hmm. So, and they all know that we meet changes constantly. Uh, you have to come with new products, new ideas constantly. It's not like last time, you know, before last decade even. Um, So, and so I see this demand for, you know, that, and this pressure that comes from, to, to the businesses, you know, like give me something new, give me something breakthrough, you know, something that will be very edgy and, you know, I will, I will get more customers, I will get more money and so on and so on. Uh, But I think in this kind of rush to get more and more stuff out in the market, we start to forget that actually what to listen to people's needs, we start to forget that we're all humans. And we, you know, we we live in this space of a lot of a lot of products, lots of information. We are bombarded with new stuff. So how we make decisions now? We make decisions differently. We have digital world now, and we are making decisions, you know, using internet, using AI, and we, you know, we shop online. That never happened before. So the way we learn from consumers changed completely so i we need to be more concise like even even how we approach people you know we approach people before you could you could keep their attention for for one hour getting you know those people in 2000s we have like interviewers that were walking from door to door knocking the door then you have a cup of tea and you talk to to a person for an hour and now you probably that this attention span window is probably just i don't know one minute and that's it so you need to get the information you want within this one minute so and i'm hearing a couple of things here in in the way you're describing this the first thing i'm hearing is and, and certainly my experience organizations businesses used to come up with their ideas so they used to come up with the idea of a new product or a new campaign and then they would develop that idea and then they would go test that idea with market research and it was almost like a a push out of uh, of product and service um and it took time so that's the second point i was going to make is that it takes it always took time so by the time you get a market research you know, project going on to try and listen to what your consumers want. You've already developed the product. The product is almost all ready to go. You're just now saying, let's go and ask the consumer what they think of this product. What I'm hearing you describe there is different. What I'm hearing you describe now is that we can, consumers are constantly giving us feedback on what they want rather than we tell them what they want. And so you could, if you can get a real understanding of consumers, then you can build the product based upon, or the or the campaign based upon the insights you're gathering from the customer, from the consumer, rather than pushing something out to them. Yeah, that's completely correct, Chris. And I love what you say, because 
I saw it often, even like I, wo- I worked for the big companies as well, where I know, like, for instance, we had to, we had free manufacturing lines and we had to fill them in. So how many times our product developers came to marketers to ask marketers and telling us, guys, can you sell this? We can produce this. Can you sell it? Uh, and the reality, it's, it's, it's reality. It's like everyone who walks, you, you laughing because you know, it's like, yeah. it's true. It, this, it, this is a reality, but how, how about if we learn even not asking people what they want, but actually go there, observe, you know, ask, you know, talk to them, even not necessarily to people, people, when we think about consumers, we think this is us and this is this, they are somewhere, those consumers, you know, it's like the kind of this, you know, kind of gray mass of people where, and we need to find our target audience there. So how about to think, okay, I, I am a consumer. So I'm a human and I'm a consumer. I consume something. I, I, you know, I use product constantly. My grandmother, she's a consumer. So can I go talk to her? Like if I sell toilet paper and I sold actually toilet paper in my past. (laughs) So what, how I can improve her life? You know, not thinking about how I can sell her another role of two of Lural, you know, but how I can improve her life in this area, you know, even though it sounds a bit weird, you know, probably we don't want to think about toilet paper or, but still it's, you know, and go and talk to her and try to figure out, you know, what her, you know, what her disappointments are, frustrations in this yeah. area, you know, maybe, okay, maybe not toilet paper, okay, but I don't well, know, well, shower gel. I think you say yeah. this, Maria, that um, I think the start of the pandemic illustrated how important toilet paper was to so many people. You know, that was the first thing that went off the shelves. I think that's fascinating. Right? It's the products that you just dismissed as, oh, well, maybe we shouldn't think about it. It's the one thing everybody went out to buy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It? Yes, exactly. That's that's very interesting that you mentioned this, Chris, because we actually walk a lot with this earlier understanding of fundamental human needs and what people's disappointments were. And we even, I, I, I used to work with external partners like behavior change experts in my previous job. So to really learn about, go deep in, even though, you know, probably it sounds not appropriate for the podcast, but I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's our life, it's our reality, you know. And uh, yeah, pandemic showed us what's, <laughs> what's truly important. You know, people want safety. And mm-hmm. safety is that when you have, and it's it's like how our reptile brain works. Yeah. When you need safety, you want to have, you heard stuff, you, you kind of, you know, you, you need food that long lasting because we did research in the, through the, in the beginning of the pandemic and through the pandemic. And we know how many, you know, when people bought stuff, they bought long-term you know, products like different mm-hmm. canned product and so on. Uh, so they can feel safe. So if, if the worst will come, they, they will have food and toilet yeah. paper is one of those basic products. Yeah. So it's really interesting. And so coming back to, to kind of asking your grandmother or your, you know, 
or yeah. your child or I don't know, it's just someone close to you about their needs, unmet needs. This basically brings the focus from your desire to sell stuff, to push stuff on people to your desire, to your curiosity and your openness to really hear what people need. And I truly believe and passionately believe that this is the main, you know, this is the main driver of prosperity for every business. Yeah. Oh, totally. I'm a big, big believer in we shouldn't be selling anything. We should be helping people to buy. And mm -hmm. there are so many examples where when you dig into why people have made a decision, it's because they are finding a solution to a problem that they have. And if you can help facilitate that journey, that's their purchase decision. And yet I get frustrated with sales models, which are kind of outside. It's like we're pushing sales onto somebody when truly people want to buy. But I want to go back. Maria, because I think this whole thing about understanding people is is huge. And it just reminded me, I was with a client in Europe, um, in Brussels, a few weeks ago for the week. And one of the places that we went to was they have an experience center in their, in their office where they have built out various different scenarios. And they, they effectively put executives... Um, into the situation where their products are going to be bought. So they're in mm -hmm. a fast food restaurant, they're in a in a home, so they build a home like a sofa, they're in a, a, a bar, um, a whole range of different scenarios where their products are available to be purchased. And the reason they do it is because they want their executives to start to understand the decision-making processes that people go through. So when they're when they're choosing a product or a service or a solution in these different scenarios, what's going through that customer's mind? Is that where you're going when you say really starting to tap into human understanding? Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, and it can be executed in a different ways. It's not necessarily, you know, not necessarily you just need to build home. You can just, because as I said, we're all consumers as well. Mm -hmm. So if, if it's not relevant, uh, you know, to you, uh, you know, your your ideas, your business, I mean, in terms of you are not a consumer of your own business, it couldn't be, but you can find your friend or you can find a consumer, you know, that where you can really, you know, tap into where their problems are and unmet, unmet needs are. Mm -hmm. And I really love the, uh, I don't know if you heard about jobs to be done approach. It's kind of, um, uh, it's kind of more or less new, well, it's not a theory. It's a way you approach, uh, you approach your consumer as the first step is actually to understand the problem, which is very similar to the, you know, maybe a bit older marketing model when, uh, when we tap into unmet needs and understand so-called consumer insights. Mm -hmm. And basically, uh, and what uh, what they, they have an example that consumer actually don't need a drill and they don't uh, to make a hole in the wall. What they need, they need to put, you know, the picture. So mm -hmm. when you think about, and it's the mind shift, right? When you even think about it, I'm thinking about, if I'm thinking about, 
do they need drill with this function or do they need a drill with that function? It's mm -hmm. a different versus if I think what I need to create as a business to make this job, I'm not like placing the picture on the wall, really easy, effortless, I don't know, and maybe even satisfactory. And yeah. um, so I, I would like my approach to you know, to the business that I am managing right now is completely the same. So I believe in my product. I believe that my product is, you know, very simple, very user friendly. It provides really fast and actionable insights. So I, and I am seeing the need of this type of product at the moment. I mean, the, um, among the businesses and the more and more businesses, they are adopting the model of getting constant consumer feedback, yeah. uh, not to wait, you know, for a few months, because you, um, I think you mentioned proactivity before, and I think proactivity is very important for the business. Can you be, can you proactively approach your consumers before they come to you and say, you know, like we need this <laughs> because yeah. it will be too late because someone else will already create the product that, yeah. So let's talk about Fastuna. Let's talk about what you guys do that is so different to what is, what's the traditional model for market research and why you're seeing some, real excitement from executives and leaders who are tapping into what you guys do um yeah i guess uh it's it's like you know it's a bit like gpt chat so we created you know we created fastuna to address you know market needs to uh, our customer needs to get feedback fast and earlier on um and uh I guess that because before, you know, people would be waiting for so long to do the market research at the first place. And the issue with that was that when when the, the testing came later on, like I, I, I have an idea of the pro, of a product. So uh, in, with the potentially multifunctional team within organization, I don't know, it's different processes within different clients, but they have more, uh, more or less similar, similar uh, you know, gates. Mm -hmm. So you have to, to go through. So the first, okay, let's, let's fill in our innovation pipeline, right? So this is, yeah. this is a usual thing. And then team creates some ideas where those ideas come from i don't know how different different you know ways you can pull them in but mostly likely they are they're coming from r d and uh, i love r d i think they're amazing people and very creative but lots of them come from the fact that we can create this yeah uh and it's nothing wrong with it, but I think that what what can be missing is is what what I spoke before about. You know, are we creating a, the new kind of drill? You know, or we thinking about how to to effectively help people to put picture on the wall? Yeah, and um, 
what uh, and then yeah and then the traditional process would be taken through the gates so we created an idea we we created the concept and probably we even test this concept but then we wait for three months to get feedback and mm -hmm. it's already too late because yeah. we already started this process of initiation, you know, we talk with legal and blah, 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 you know, we kind of already uh, reserving the, the assets. The yeah, the patents are filed, the manufacturing lines Ag are Exactly, ready. exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And then when you get, and suddenly you get the feedback, you get concept test results, and then which is not really kind of satisfactory. So what would you do? You would try to get it through the gate, right? To the next stage. You would say, okay, but I don't know, 10% of people loved it. So it's niche product. We still will create it. Yeah. And the issue is then, then uh, somewhere, somewhere in the paper, I remember there was like about 90% of products launched failed. Yeah. And it, that was a reality because then of course, you know, then you get, then you need to create the product out of the idea. And if the product doesn't deliver versus promise, that's another issue. So what's different now is that because of this constant change and innovations have to, uh, to appear frequently, tools that are in the market, including our tool, Fastuna, which is automated market research platform where you can just upload your ideas, your prototypes, and you get results within just a few hours. Mm -hmm. And the way that we structured the questions is really to mimic decision-making process in the digital world. Mm -hmm. And then they all, because they all standardized, you already have the dashboards ready once you get the results that are very actionable. So you can see, okay, this number of people will buy it. This number of people didn't really understand what, what it's talking about, what you're talking about. So, and it doesn't mean that you're a failure because you can adjust because it's so early on and you get the feedback really quickly. It's not anyone's failure. It's just the way how you, it's just a feedback, how we say in NLP. It's, there yeah. is no failure. It's just a feedback. So you, you adjust your concept or your idea the way based on consumer feedback, put it into another round of testing. And that's, you know, and it brings team from the, you know, multifunctional team that creating the new product from the territory of fear where I really afraid to fail as a business or as a team yeah. to the area of excitement, because now yeah. I'm an excitement territory. I'm really excited. It doesn't matter that in this concept, you know, it, it didn't fully resonate, but I know what I need to tweak. Yeah. So, so yeah. Because mm -hmm. so, that's really fascinating because I think what it's timing, it's timing, right? You're saying mm -hmm. that you get those insights at the moment where you can still change your mind, you can still make yep. changes. Whereas in the past, what people were doing was they weren't really understanding the market. The market understanding came later and therefore it was too late. Mm -hmm. So we're stuck. Yeah. We've created a product. It's a bit too late to change now. Um, and so people bury their head in the sands. And what you're saying now is that we can get insight so early in the process that you still have time to to change it, to adapt it, to 
to refresh it, whatever whatever might be necessary in order to really listen and understand what the consumer wants and therefore how we can solve the problem that they have, the, the job that they need to do, rather than just pushing out an innovation for innovation's sake. Yes, absolutely. And what I love about it, that even like recently we introduced uh, the solution that helps actually to test the size of potential unmet need in the market. So um, without even coming to the space of ideas yet, you can really try to understand where, you know, where the where, where, where the people yeah, yeah where, where the, the needs are, are yeah. and where the jobs are. And that was fascinating because like um one of our clients is actually <laughs> um, the company you Chris I think worked in the past yeah. so they came with few insights like on potential unmet needs for different categories they have yeah. to understand where the kind of yeah where, where the where consumers preferences lie and where where they can move in which direction they can move before even starting creating any new ideas about new products and they ran it and i think it was like team multi-functional team exercise so yeah. they put all those like statements about tension statement we call them as well so tension statements into the you know into the tool and just within an hour they got feedback from consumers so and it was like thousands of consumers Wow. that gave feedback yeah wow. it's fascinating i'm i'm passionate and i'm like excited about it because when i when i used to walk like just several years ago i didn't have that tool and for me as a leader uh, i would say that it would be so handy to really have this tool in hand because instead of just you know making a guess and um I guess that, and we talked about like when we chatted before Chris, we spoke about, you know, heartfelt leadership and human centric yeah. leadership. And I do believe that because I know that a lot of people who are listening to this, they're leading teams, leading businesses. Once you open to receive this feedback from your customers and consumers, especially earlier on, your trustworthiness within within your team and your organization will will just you know grow and people will trust you because they know that it's not just like you know your you know your point of view and your yeah. your openness and we even spoke about vulnerability being open and vulnerable and yeah. being vulnerable is actually not the weakness it's being open to change being open for feedback and being open to say actually no that's not going to work because sometimes we you know we have to make these decisions our clients have to make those decisions they well, look at courageous. the results yeah that's it's courageous it's courageous leadership and and i think that's one of the things that i admire in in the great leaders that i know and that i've worked with is the ones that really stand out are courageous leaders. And that's not about making decisions that are going to be unpopular. There's a there's a sense that, oh, you know, a leader going off on their own direction, maybe against the, the grain, against the main uh, beliefs of everybody else. That's courageous leadership. I disagree. 
I think courageous leaders today listen to people and they understand people and and being courageous enough to go and ask the market what they think of a particular product or service to then come back after when that research comes back and to really listen to the to what the consumer has told them and make changes on it that's courageous leadership because we are there's a sense of authority and 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 when when we're authority figures we we automatically believe that we are experts and we automatically mm-hmm. believe that other people should listen to us therefore as a as a leader if i've decided a product should be going to market and i want to test it there's a huge vul- vulnerability in me admitting that oh, i was wrong i made a mistake it's that's not what people want mm-hmm. that's courageous leadership and i guess that's the type of person that you guys really are engaging with like those guys are really excited i imagine to get this insight because they're able to make decisions at a point where they haven't wasted several million euros several million pounds or dollars on development they can they can change their minds at a moment when it's not you know it's it's no longer cost them a huge amount of money and their ego allows them to do it is that right yes i i agree with you completely, Chris, about courageous leadership. And I believe that if if you if you drive your you know, if you think about you know having not not just business and heart, but your consumer in heart, then you know it will drive this change. And um the only thing I I feel that tools like ours actually help help leaders help teams as i said to because we're helping them to get feedback early on it's actually you know the risk is minimal mm-hmm. when when you the thing is like it's much harder to say no and go you know against everything and when when you already invested a lot of money it's really mm-hmm. hard so i i would say it's smart leadership not just courageous yeah, <laughs> it's a smart leadership if you if you say okay guys actually we we understand a we ex- understand that changes can happens constantly now we understand that the mindset mindset first of all should change around how we do the how we do the business and how the processes how we do the processes um because now this is like instead of this how it's said uh, called lean and gate process right Mm-hmm. So that which is like one after another gate. Now we talk about iterative approach is when you get the, re- you know, when you get the rapid feedback, adjust and move on. And this is like all this principle of agile, um, agile approach versus like previously this kind of system hierarchical approach to the business. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to go there. Um, but what I want to say that what we see that those courageous and smart leaders and i'm talking about big companies now like huge Mm -hmm. multinational corporations and we work with them uh and the demand instead of what what came to us we just started about four years ago in europe so when i started four years ago uh, the demand was more like oh we need something quick and dirty now yeah so that was the request 
Yeah. And now what what we see more and more is that leaders come to us with the question, can you help us to build this rapid consumer feedback from earlier on, and we'll say constant consumer feedback into the mm -hmm. processes. So our business is, you know, all the processes runs with ability to connect to consumers like 24 slash seven. So yeah. this is, this is the seamless consumer feedback. And that's completely different request versus I just need something quick and dirty. Yeah, because I it's, the, it's, by the it's way, process. I hate the phrase quick and dirty. I hate the phrase because I know it's, dis it's immediately <laughs> disrespectful because it's basically saying, um, I want it quick. Okay, fine. Can you get me something quick? But when they add and dirty, they're basically giving themselves an out. Oh, mm -hmm. it's inaccurate. It's poor reflection. It was hurried and therefore it's not going to be good. So if I don't see the results that I want, I am I can disregard it. And that's what people do. And I've seen it where people go to market and they say, we did some research. The research wasn't what we wanted. And then they say, ah, but it was just quick and dirty. We need to do more in-depth research. And before that comes back, they've already made decisions and, and things are happening. The other thing that I want to build on here, which is I think is amazing, that we were talking about products and services and solutions. We are in an unprecedented time of reviews. And I uh, read an article recently about things like Amazon reviews. And it's not just Amazon, but Amazon's a good example. Amazon mm -hmm. reviews, Google reviews, um, all of this kind of stuff, where you're getting immediate feedback from your customer on what they've used that product for, how they've used it, what their feedback was. And there is an opportunity to really start to shape future developments based upon reading the problems and the reviews of your products, but also other products in the market, right? What do consumers say that they expected from these products? And then what did they actually get? And that in itself is, is kind of another tool that just didn't exist even 10 years ago. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I think that's, and I truly believe that uh, because I know there is a lot of social listening happening right now. And this is another toolbox and another area where I agree with you. That is something to, you know, to look at and to use constantly in your business because it's a feedback is a feedback of already existing customers of your product and competitor product. And if you are not doing it, you know, some Chinese manufacturer will do for sure. Yeah. Um, I yeah. just bought a new robot vacuum cleaner for like 100, 100 pounds, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, and, you know, and then, and, and it cleans, you know, it, it's, uh, yeah. It's so yeah. I, and th that's what I'm saying, you know, this, the competition is crazy. So mm -hmm. I feel it's like two things. So for, um, in terms of the research, so you get this earlier on consumer understanding, that's what we do, you know, and we validate it. We, we, we kind of validate consumer feedback. So it's not just one person said that so we do it on quantitatively on like massive sample sizes. Mm -hmm. in within just a few hours. So this is how you can learn about those, you know, new territories, potential unmet needs, uh, you know, get new ideas, test them, 
you know, tweak them, reshape them, test them again, and and then move on to the product development. And the same with commercial programs. We do absolutely the same approach. You know, we have companies that now they just tested seven different variants of you know, just like boredomatics for executions. Mm -hmm. And then they picked up one and I don't know, they just invested so little money for this, but they already know which one they're going to go with. And so the same approach. So this is like kind of front end innovations and commercial program development. And then you have this back end kind of, I'm not saying it's, it's, it's the feedback from already existing product. So if within if you have this seamless process within organization of the, receiving this constant feedback at all the stages because this you know when as you said correctly where i get my ideas about new products or unmet needs it can be online why mm-hmm. not it's yeah. it's it's a huge space get these ideas this is how gpt chat works by the way also sourcing from online yeah so it's all there yeah so yeah so it's it's a loop it's like kind of you know a circle it's it's you get it again and again and you improve it and instead of just seeing it from the beginning and the end yeah so yeah so i love it yeah i can hear that i can hear the passion in your voice it's it's amazing (laughs) me too and and i what's really exciting here is that um you know i as i said this topic is is about understanding and I love the angle and the passion here about where we lead and we always lead back to things like great leadership and and being open to listening and it's no good gathering the best information in the world if you're not prepared to be open to listen to it and what what I've heard today is is exactly that it's the same we can get really up to date insights and information and the organizations who will win are the ones who use that who who are open to it who will use it and then they they are they are building on what their customers truly want right now, not what they wanted twelve months ago when the research was initially done. Amazing. Yeah. So, final question for you, Maria. Um, talking about understanding and understanding of yourself. So now you see yourself from this perspective in your life. What advice would you give to your twelve-year-old self? I was expecting this question, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I would say again, for me, uh, I started with like heartfelt leadership and human centric, you know, human centric approach to business. So I would say to myself, stick with what your where your passion is, mm-hmm. no matter what. Because this is what I didn't do, to be honest, because of lots of circumstances. So um, I grew up in a Soviet and post-Soviet Union space, mm-hmm. and that was a lot of change and a lot of challenges. So uh, I was passionate about lots of things and uh, when I was 12 year old, and mm-hmm. I wanted to pursue a certain path. And I can see now how I'm returning to this passion over and over again. Uh, But yeah, I don't know. I I love the place where I am now. Um, I'm a person who always looking forward, not necessarily always looking back. But yeah, I would say like stick with your passion, stick stick with your dreams, no matter what. So life will provide. 
life will almost yeah. provide. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a, yeah. I'm a big believer in, I know we chatted when we chatted about um, emotional decision-making and gut feel and decision-making. And I, I'm a big believer in that. And when I reflect on my journey, it's, it's the same. It's been convoluted at times, but I've come back to the things that were really important to me mm-hmm. when I was, when I was much younger. And I can totally understand that advice of, you know, stick to it, um, but also enjoy the journey. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Enjoy the ride because it's just ups and downs all the time. And what we can do, especially now, you know, I'm saying like everything is changing. You are not sure about next minute even. So yeah, enjoy the ride. Absolutely. Amazing. Maria, thank you very much for joining us today. I've thoroughly enjoyed that conversation. And as ever, we, we've run out of time, but um, some fabulous insights. Tell us where people can find you and Fastuna if they want to find out more about you. Uh, yeah, so Fastuna is www.fastuna.com. It's like fastuna in one word, uh, .com. So this is our platform. Um, and to find me personally, you just can write me, either connect via LinkedIn, uh, Maria Soroka, or write me uh, on my email, maria.soroka, S-O-R-O-K-A, at gmail.com. Beautiful. Thanks very much, Maria. That was Thinking Outside the Fox with me, Chris Weber. Our next episode is out in two weeks. Join us for more great conversations on how to build winning customer relationships. I'm looking forward to it.